Let's give Jesus a hand. Let's give Jesus a hand. How about that? Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Bishop Blake, thank you so much for this opportunity. First Lady May, thank you to your amazing family, to the staff. How many love the man and woman of God? I was talking to one of my best friends yesterday, and I said, I've come to West Angeles, and I feel at home. I feel like home. I am deeply honored to be here, and there are three things you need to know about me. Number one is I love Jesus. Number two, I'm the proud father of Daniel, who is 20, Madison, my baby girl, who's 17. She sent me a text the other day. She's at Smith College in Boston uh, in a pre-college program, and she sent me a text and said, Daddy, I love you. You are the best ever. And I started reaching for my wallet. I said, baby girl is about to hit Dad up for something. <laughs> and the third thing is, Every single day, my purpose in life is to hug people with my words. So I'm deeply honored for this opportunity to be here. Over the last six weeks, I've been praying about this time, and I haven't been sleeping much. And by the way, those who are in the Spanish translation, hola amigo, mi nombre es Simon T. Belletus Eres Brillante. I have been praying and asking God, what is it that I'm supposed to share here at West Angeles for this particular time, and the Lord dropped in my spirit that it is time for your shift. It's time for your shift, yes, shift. If you are taking notes this morning, I, I just want you to capture shift, could it be, stands for see how I fit tomorrow, today. Yeah, shift. Uh, Whenever God is getting ready to release you into a new destiny, you will come to a place where you become sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, there's a moment in time when you will begin to wake up in the wee hours of the morning, going to the refrigerator, closing the refrigerator door back, not taking anything out of the refrigerator. It's not because you were thirsty or hungry. There was a thirst or hunger in your soul. And when you begin to pay attention to what God wants to do in you, it causes a shift to come about. When I talk about shift, in other words, that no longer will you have to stand and wait for something to happen. You're getting ready to make something happen. Those who have been working against you will no longer work against you because it is your shift. Some of you have been on the sidelines long enough and I'm inviting you to get out on the stands and come to the field of opportunity because God has a plan with your name on it. I believe some of you are getting ready to step into unusual assignments. Some of you are about to move into deal flow. Well, no longer will you chase deals, deals will chase you. Some of you in this moment, in the next 7 to 21 days, everything is about to align on your behalf. Because when you are out of alignment, you're out of flow. And when you're out of flow, you're not in your season. And when you're not in your season, you're out of timing. But when you get in timing, you get in flow and you get in your season and everything shifts. Oh my goodness, I feel my help coming on. I'm telling you, some of you sitting 
everything in this room today, your name is about to be called. Your proposal that has been buried under the pile, forgotten about. Somebody's about to pull that proposal out, blow the dust off, and something is about to shift on your behalf. Oh my goodness, it's going to get good in a minute. When God causes a shift and you begin to show up, people are going to say, who are you? Where did you come from? Who are your people? We have a certain standard and way things are done. But no longer will you have to kiss up and bow down to the system and begin to work all the angles. God is about to super accelerate you into destiny. Now, my foundation text for this morning is found in Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Pause for a moment. Anybody that can plan the birth, death, and resurrection of his son is a planner. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. In many biblical translations, whenever you read this particular passage of Scripture, and it says for, I know the plans that I have for you, plans for welfare and not evil. You will see other translations that will say, plans to prosper, plans for your good, plans for your well-being, plans for your thoughts of peace and not evil. The plan of God is revealed in your life in the form of your gift, your talent, your skill, and your ability. So from the time you were seed in your mother's womb and coded in your DNA was the brilliance of God that was to be revealed in the earth. The reason you weren't born in the 18th century is because you weren't needed. The reason you exist in the 21st century is because it's a setup. God has a plan with your name on it. Oh my goodness, I'm feeling at home right now. So when you begin to discover the brilliance of God, what you begin to realize is everything that you need inside of you is in the form of a seed, and that seed is brilliance. Brilliance is your insight, your potential, the gift of God in you, and your brilliance is released in an environment where you're celebrated, not just tolerated. When you are in an environment that celebrates you, gets you, understands you, that environment invites you to be a vitamin, not just an aspirin. When you understand how to be a vitamin, not just an aspirin, and you are operating in the genius of God, you begin to say, I am not here to compete against you, but I'm here to complete you. When I begin to understand that I know that I am here to complete the plan of God, I'm not worried about them, theys, those, or that. Because I know that God has a plan with my name on it. Many years ago when I was working at Disney, and whenever you work at Disney, Mickey Mouse rule number one is you never talk to the media unless authorized. And I got a call from a journalist one day, and they said, where do you see yourself 10 to 15 years from now? And I said, I see myself as the president and CEO of the Walt Disney World Resort, and eventually... Somebody said, bless his heart. And eventually, the chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company, well, they put this in print. True story. You can still Google it to this day. So the article comes out, page 12, Florida Business Trend Magazine, February 2002. And my boss called me in the office, and it was not a very pixie-dusted conversation. He said, walk me through uh, what was going through your mind when you did this interview saying you wanted to become the number one guy at Disney. And I said, Larry, I work at this company whose motto is, if your heart is in your dreams, no request is too extreme for 
anymore. When you wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are. <laughs> but obviously it does here. <laughs> what I didn't realize is that career suicide move that I made that day would become the impetus to me following the plan of God. But I was playing it safe. I was comfortable in my comfort zone with a paycheck. But God was trying to bring me to a new reality. And when I begin to say, I'm going to let go of what I can see to let come what is supposed to come, all of a sudden people start lining up almost as if they had been summoned to me because I recognized that God was up to something. I submit to you, my brothers and sisters here at West Angeles that this is the moment, this is the day, this is the hour when you need to go for it. So many people are like, like baby, I'm waiting for God to bring me a word. No, God is waiting you for you to believe that he believes in you and the word is move now. Yes. In this world, there are approximately 15 systems of influence. These 15 systems of influence shape how you see, how you think, and how you live. First system is a spiritual religious system. Let me tell you why this system is so important. In the Wall Street Journal a few days ago, there is an article entitled, Is God the Answer to the Suicide Epidemic? Written by Erica Anderson. In a study by JAMA Psychiatry, it found that Amer an American woman who attended a religious service at least once a week were five times less likely to commit suicide. A house of worship, according to Ms. Anderson, is a transcendental doctor's office that offers preventive care, support group therapy, and healing hope. In other words, when I am sitting on the role of someone, and the moment they begin to say hallelujah, their hallelujah rubs off on me. And when I begin to say hallelujah because of mirror neurons, all of a sudden my central nervous system begins to align in the presence of God. Oh, it's going to get good in a minute. Another interesting system is the education system. According to Gallup, Gallup says that there are 75 million students that are in school right now here in the United States. 50 million of these students are in 5th to 12th grade. What's interesting about Gallup's research is they're saying that 30% of these students will drop out of school or not graduate on time. About 50% of the minorities are dropping out, and the Gallup scientists have found that the reason kids drop out of school is because they lose hope for a future beyond graduation. Gallup goes on to say they lose hope because they don't know what's next in their lives, and Gallup scientists have learned that hope predicts academic success and graduation better than grades or tests. So I would say every educator in the room right now and anybody that's concerned about children, we must begin to infuse them with hope. Another interesting system that is impacting our society is the criminal justice system. If you have not read The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, I highly recommend to get a, an overview of what's happening real time. Another system is the technology system. We are now moving and we are on the frontier of the voice search 
age. The voice search age is Alexa, Google Home, Siri. The more you begin to use the artificial intelligence, it becomes smarter. But I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, in this shift age, your soul intelligence is quicker than your artificial intelligence. I remember the old mothers of the church used to say, baby, I feel something in my spirit. And I didn't understand that. They didn't have the data. They didn't have the predictive analytics, but they began to understand that God was up to something good. And after they got off their knees, they began to say, yes, I sense in my spirit that everything is about to turn around. Just Did I tell you to tap your neighbor? If I didn't tell you to tap them, just look at them and say, everything's getting ready to turn around. Ah, my goodness. So as we come to the close of a decade and move into a new decade, many of the systems, if not all of them, are experiencing a significant shift. Ten years ago, Eastman Kodak possessed over 1,000 patents and had over 18,000 employees. At the same time, ten years ago, Instagram came into being, and two years later, Instagram was sold for $1 billion and only had 13 employees. After 131 years, Eastman Kodak ceased to be relevant because they didn't shift. So many businesses want broadband results, but they're using dial-up methods. Ten years ago, if you were moving into a place to live, you had two lines. You had your landline and your cell phone line. Now you talk to this new generation. They have one number to get them. Anybody tracking with me thus far? It's a shift. So if I said tape cassette, CD, compact disc, iPod, Spotify, Pandora, all of these are shifts that are taking place. And every shift requires a new mindset, skill set, and will set. In other words, we cannot get into the future with the same thinking that got us here. First natural, then spiritual. Dwight Clue has, been a ma has done a masterful job explaining the 12 paradigm shifts in the Bible. In the Old Testament, God's people were understood to be Israelis. God's people were members of a nation, a people group, all descended from a common ancestor, Jacob, son of Isaac, grandson of Abraham. While everyone could worship God, the right ancestry gave one an enormous advantage. In the New Testament, God's people come from many nations, and the original God's people are called out of every nation. This was a shift of the early followers of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, God's people were expected to travel to Jerusalem regularly to celebrate festivals and to make animal sacrifices at the temple. But in the New Testament, animal sacrifices became obsolete because Christ's sacrifice of himself on the cross fulfilled the purpose of all animal sacrifices. Believers instead present their lives as a living sacrifice to God and worship God wherever they are in any place place in the world. Now, when we begin to look at these shifts, there are five things that I want to equip you with this morning. And the first one, and I want them to put the slide up, is if I am going to embrace the shift, I must experience Vujade. Vujade is the opposite of what? Deja vu means been there, done that, but Vujade is going there, 
doing that. Uh, adult learning theory says that whenever we come together, it's not just enough to hear a speaker, but I must engage you in an exercise in order for this to be imprinted on your head, your heart, and your hands. I need everybody to get your hand up where your watch is. Watch a piece of jewelry. Watch it, get your hand, raise your hands, watch a piece of jewelry. And I want you to take your watch a piece of jewelry off, please, ma'am, please, sir, and put the watch a piece of jewelry on the opposite wrist, opposite wrist. If you don't have a watch or piece of jewelry, borrow something from my, your neighbor and tell him I'll give it to you this week when I see you at the prayer revival. Bless your heart. The Lord just lays you on my heart that you might want to sow a little something in my life. <laughs> so how does it feel? How does it feel having the watch on the opposite wrist? How does it feel? Different, strange, odd, weird, right? Why are we doing this cheesy exercise? Here's the point. The reason sometimes people never experience Vujia Day is because they're comfortable in the way they've always done it. Why in the world did Bishop Blake bring this man here to tell me to put my watch on the opposite wrist? It's because I want you to leave the watch on the opposite wrist for the remainder of the day to let you know that how God is getting ready to move in this next decade is not the same way he moved in the last decade. So he's inviting me to shift, see how I fit tomorrow. Oh my goodness, because what got you here won't get you there. So there are some new methods, some new ideologies, some new information that God is trying to upload into our heart drive. So in other words, he has to delete from our mind drive the files that no longer work. <laughs> so Vujade, Vujade is confirmation in your spirit about making important changes without having external validation. Vujade is realizing that there will come a time when you will have to break with the old in order to embrace the new, to let go of what is comfortable and convenient in order to grow and expand. The Vujade moment is when everything clicks and you resist the gravitational pull to be average. Vujade is saying, I'm not waiting for something to happen, I'm going to make something happen. Let me give you an example of Vujade. Bishop, years ago, when I was growing up in Buffalo, New York, go Bills, this could be the year. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> Bishop, my mother used to say, the way up is down. And it took me about 20 years to really get what mama was saying, the way up is down. But what I realized, it was total Vujade. Because we live in a society that focuses on vertical ascension instead of horizontal connection. And the way up is down. In other words, I will spend time on my knees asking God how and what should I do instead of buying into the culture that says you should embrace self-guided Christianity. Mm -mm. No. Self-guided Christianity will not work in this next decade because the way up is down. Another example of Vujade is Starbucks is not in the coffee business. They are in the happiness business. A woman walked into her favorite Starbucks and the barista recognized her and said, would you like the usual? Good to see you. She said, yes. And the woman began to engage her and said, how do you show up every single day and just pour this coffee? 
And the woman said, I am not here pouring coffee, I'm pouring happiness. It's fujate. In other words, gone are the days where you will work a job because a job stands for just overboard. I came all the way from Orlando, Florida to let you know, quit your job and go to work because a paycheck is given to people who show up, but opportunities are given to people who think beyond what they're paid to do. Ah, my goodness, I'm feeling good right now, and I knew that I would. The United Nations has introduce the 17 sustainable goals to transform the planet by 2030. Some of these goals include ending poverty, quality education, clean water, decent work, and economic growth. Hold the phone for a minute because I need to paint a picture. Jim Clifton, chairman and CEO of Gallup, shares some interesting research that says if there are 7.5 billion people on the planet, 5 billion are age 15 and older. There are 3 billion people that told Gallup that they want to work. Now, Gallup defines work or job as 30 hours. Now, what's interesting is there are 3 billion people that want to work, but there's only 1.2 billion jobs available. That means there's a global shortfall of 1.8 billion good jobs. Gallup predicts the lack of good jobs will become the root cause of problems in the world and in America. So when I looked at that, I said, God, what's the Vujade? And I believe what God is doing is raising up the entrepreneurship generation that will begin to create jobs that will become a solution to the problem. The most important question you can ask yourself today is what problem have I been created to solve? Because when you begin to solve problems, you become a solution to everything that is happening in the world right now. Point number two, next slide. Create a strategic life plan. A few years ago, I was in Harare, Zimbabwe, visiting with one of my mentors, Bishop Tudor Bismarck. And over dinner, Bishop Bismarck said to me, do you have a strategic life plan? And I said, Bishop, why do I need a strategic life plan? He said, because in 10 years, you're going to be 10 years older, but will you be better? I'm going to let just that marinate just for a moment. I'm encouraging and challenging every family. As we come to the end of a decade, I want to invite you that before this day, this month ends, I want you to sit down with your family and begin to say, where do we want to be one year from now, three years from now, five years from now? Where do we want to go spiritually? How do we want to act as a family? I told Daniel and Madison, I am raising you to be number one. I'm not raising you to be number two. I'm raising you to be the best of the best because you are God's child, and whatever you show up. You walk into that classroom and you greet that professor, you greet that teacher, and you say hello. You sit in the front of the class, not the back of the class, because my ancestors did not die in slavery for you to be behind. You were to to be at the top. It's a strategic life plan. So I sit down and I begin to talk to them. Here's where we're going spiritually. Here's what we need to do health-wise. Nate shared with you he lost 15 pounds. I lost 20 pounds because I had to release the grease. I had to let it go. I had to do some pushbacks. 
It makes no sense when you have more information and you continue to relapse and not take care of yourself. That's why a number of people are standing at the line, Pastor, can you pray for me? Pastor, can you hear me? Well, if you just ate better and did what you need to do, we wouldn't have to, oh, let me go on here. I realize I'm a visitor. I don't come by much. A strategic life plan. For those of you who work for someone else, from today forward, you are the CEO of You Incorporated. And that company that gives you a paycheck is now your client. They are now your customer. I want you to stop giving the boss lip and begin to see that boss as a blessing because your plan that God has is about to shift you. When you begin to make that shift, you're going to see something happen. Those of you who are entrepreneurs, own businesses, I want you to begin to think about how do you begin to give the customers that you serve a little something extra for nothing. Because in this recommendation economy where people can yelp about a brand in a moment's notice, we need every customer that comes into your business to be the unofficial marketing department for your business. So newsflash business owners, your business is not the name on the business. That might be the brand, but a brand in this noise economy is an emotion, a connection, a perception, a moment, and a memory. How are we going to create an emotion, a connection, a perception, a moment, and a memory. Strategic life plan. Sit down with your family. Begin to say, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Number three, number three, build relationships for life. The quality of your life is dependent upon the quality of your relationships. I've learned a very hard lesson over the last few years. I'm not ashamed to tell it. I went through a divorce after 25 years because the mother of my children said to me, you give everybody the best of you, but you give us the rest of you, and I don't want the leftovers anymore. And what I recognized, I had built a house but lost a home. I was making money but lost meaning. I was pursuing power but had no purpose. And I was chasing success but had no significance. And what I recognized, I had become emotionally unavailable to my daughter who said to me, hey, daddy, how's it going? And I was not aware that I needed to connect with Madison, my baby girl, and it hit me on the plane the next day that I was so busy but not effective. Relationships are not about what we can get, but it's about what we can give. I believe as we move, as we move into a new decade, what will cause the church to explode in this shift era is meaning and connection. Every person that comes into West Angeles, do they leave with an emotional deposit into their emotional bank account where they felt that something meaningful happened because someone said hello? And there was a connection. I love when we all, when, when I saw Bishop come down and greet everyone. I was like, you got these new school jokers that think they're all that in a bag of chip and they can't come down and greet people and connect with people. And I'm telling you, this generation is about to bounce because if they don't sense that you are real, if you're the real deal, and if you're just in it for the money, you're not going to be in it for long meaning and connection that's the shift that's happening next next number four upgrade your thinking upgrade your thinking let's put that slide up upgrade your thinking within the last 12 years apple has introduced 
18 new iPhones in the last 12 years, 18 upgrades. For all my mathematicians in the room, do a little quick math with me. 12 times 12 is what? 144, as we learned in elementary school. 144 divided by 18 upgrades is eight. So every eight months, they were upgrading the phone, and within every upgrade, the camera became better, vision, and the storage and capacity increased. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. When was the last time you began to upgrade your thinking? Because in this new era, in this new moment, according to McKinsey Consulting, 250 million knowledge worker jobs will be eliminated. That means as believers who name the name of Christ, we've got to upgrade our thinking with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> number five, number five, number five. Be the spark and shine for Jesus. Christians should be the best people in life and in business. But there are some people, I don't know about you, maybe it just happens in the South, there are some people that I meet that are more negative than an undeveloped piece of film. Some of y'all catch that later. But they've got on a, 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 a bumper sticker on the back of their car that Jesus is my co-pilot. But they can't show up on time and they leave before time and they do average work. And I'm here to tell you that if you're going to shine for Jesus and be the spark, remember that your life might be the only Bible that people read. How do you show up? How do you do business? Do you smile? Are you nice? Are you kind? You know the reason why I felt at home yesterday here at West Angeles? Because everything flows from the top. Bishop Blake and First Lady May are some of the nicest, kindest people. I'm not just saying this to get brownie points. I'm telling you what I know. I know people. And when you meet them, they're nice. It's authentic. It comes from the inside out. It's not dialed in. It's not, they're not phoning it in. It's who he has been for 50 years. So what is on the head is on the body. Listen, I got to go. But some of you have been circling the airport. And I just came to let you know that you have circled the airport long enough that God is getting ready to land your plane. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When a plane is getting ready to land at LAX, the pilot has a flight plan. In the flight plan, it has the number of passengers, how much fuel is on board, alternate airports that it needs to land in. But you don't know why you got on the plane and sat in a certain seat. But all of a sudden, you started talking to that person, and it was God's plan because it was a setup. And all of a sudden, the pilot would hear from the control tower, and it says you got to circle around a little bit more. You can't quite land. So because they have a net jet fuel, they begin to circle the air. Airport. But then all of a sudden, they will hear you've been cleared for landing. I just came with Sanders to let you know you've been cleared for landing. That God is getting ready to shift you. God, when you hit the plane and you get to the gate, everything is about to line up, baby. God has been thinking about you because you're all that at a bag of chips. You are absolutely, positively brilliant. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody stand. Give praise to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. The Lord has spoken to us through our special guest today. I want to speak to you on two levels. Number one, on the level of your life, your career, your work on the earth. And you've been called to a higher level of commitment. In a new way, the Lord has spoken to our hearts. And doors have been opened into our future. How many of you heard something that can make your life better today? Practical, acclimable knowledge that can be applied to every aspect and every dimension of our life. Lord, I thank you for the word that has been spoken, for the wonderful principles that can be applied to every aspect of our life and our work. Lord, help us to hear and to respond to the things that have been spoken on this day. Help us, dear Lord, with our families, with our children, with our work, with our learning, that, dear Lord, we might be the best that we can possibly be by your might and by your power. Transform us, dear Lord, and raise us to a higher level. Thank you for Brother Bailey, who has poured his heart out. And thank you for the change we will all experience. Lift your hand and say, Dear Lord, I commit myself to the best I can be and the best I can do. I thank you, dear Lord, for what my ears have heard. Now my heart responds and I say yes to your plan for my life. Clap your hands, everybody. But also our speaker has carried us to a higher spiritual level. He's reminded us that God's 